And uh, I want you to turn in your Bible with us to John chapter 4 and verse 3 and 14. This is a very interesting passage of scripture that we are going to be reading here tonight because it deals with Jesus going to an area of Palestine that is called Samaria. And Samaria was not a favorable place concerning the Jewish people. If you were to have, if we were to show a map of that, it would show Samaria right in the middle of Israel, but the Jews did not go through Samaria. They went around it. They crossed the Jordan River, go up on the east side and cross back on the west side so they could keep from going through Samaria. The reason was because that the Samaritans was a mixed group of people between Jews and Gentiles. They're a mixture, half Jews, half Gentiles are part, so forth. And uh, whenever the Jews went into captivity by the Babylonians and then came back and was given permission to go back and rebuild their temple and to rebuild Jerusalem, the Samaritans opposed them. They opposed them. And from that time on, the Jews fought the Samaritans, despised them, hated them, and said, you have no part with us, no part in our religion. But the, Jew, the Samaritan would say, no, no, we are part Jew, so we understand all about Abraham. Abraham is our father, too. And so this little clash went on all the time. When Jesus gave the parable one time of the, of the good Samaritan, that was such an offense to the Jewish people that heard it. He said a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among thieves. And they left him bleeding and dying by the roadside. And along came a priest, a Jewish priest. And he passed by on the other side of the road so he wouldn't get too close to him and moved on down the road. Then a Levite came by. He was like a, uh, he was like a clergyman, but he was like a, a, a layman, clergyman. He came by and he got a little closer and looked at him and looked him over good, but looked around and said, I'm in danger too, so I better get going. And then he said that a good Samaritan came by. He saw the man in the condition he was in. He got down off of his beast, poured oil into his wounds, gave him water to drink, picked him up, put him on his own beast, and took him down to the Jericho to an innkeeper and said, take care of him, and here's some money to take care of him with, and if that's not enough, when I come back by here, I'll give you more money. So Jesus was talking about this good Samaritan, well, it offended all the Jews. So I'm just trying to say here that Jesus was not leaving out the Samaritans who were half Jews and half Gentiles because ultimately the gospel would be first to the Jew, then to the Samaritan, and then to the Gentile world. Now, I want to read the scriptures here because this, is, this happened in Jesus' ministry. Chapter 4, verse 3. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. That Judea is the southern part of Israel. Galilee is up in the northern part. And, and Samaria is in the middle. So the normal travel would be to cross Jordan, go on the west side up and through Perea, and back over into Galilee. So you don't have to go through, uh, uh, through Samaria, Samaria, the province of Samaria. Then it says, goes on to say, he left Judea, departed into in Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. Now, only Jesus would know that he needed to go through Samaria. And apparently, he told those disciples, we got to go through Samaria. I have a, I have a need to go through there. 
And they said, okay, whatever you say. And so they did. Verse 5, then cometh he to the, a, a city of Samaria, which is called Shikar. That was the Samaria, the province, and then there was the city of Samaria itself, and it was also called Sychar. Near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, verse 6, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weird with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now, take note of this, because the sixth hour in the Hebrew language here is, is about between 11 and 12 o'clock. 11 and 12 o'clock. It's almost noon. Late, very late, late morning, nearly noontime. I'll tell you here what happened and why this time element is very important. He said it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, give me a drink. Give me the drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy meat. Verse 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria to him, how is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She points all that out. Jesus, of course, knows that. Jesus answered her and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living waters. And the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. You've nothing to draw with. The well's deep. And you're going to give me living waters. From whence then hast thou that living water? Verse 12. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whatsoever, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, I want to take a little pause here and talk to you a little bit here about this water here that we've been talking about. If you look at, at A here, and I'm going to move very quickly down through these. <clears throat> Life necessities is air, water, and food. We can't get along without air for three minutes. We cannot get along without water for three days. We can't get along without food for three weeks. I know there's been others that have gone longer, but it's always a danger when you go beyond three weeks for, for food and then water three days and so forth. Always a variation there. But everything, three, air, three, three minutes for air and water three days and, of course, <clears throat> many have known that water is very essential and very important in our lives and a very desirable thing. Look at B here very quick. If you're without water and finally reach it, oh, how satisfying it is. Water is very satisfying if you've never had water and you finally get to it and it's there. Praise the Lord. And all of us, I think, have been there. We know what it's all about. Uh, I've done construction work in Miami for years when I was young. Hot, hot sweat pour off of you and uh, just working away and get dizzy and get uh, almost, you can't think straight. And uh, I remember I got to get to that water. 
And when I get to the water also, I've got to take some salt or something or some Gatorade or something that's there. You know what I'm talking about. You've got to have the liquid, though, the water inside of us that we might be satisfied. And, oh, how good that water is when we do drink it. Then nothing takes the place of it. Look at C very quickly and moving very quickly here. But what if you couldn't reach it? What if water was not available to you? You were thirsty, but you could not reach the water. What if the well was too deep? To reach the water. The well's there. The water's there. But you can't get to the water that's down in the bottom of the well. You know? It it has to be a very frustrating thing. It's got to be a frustrating thing. And uh, I'm going to move on to number two here. Because I want to talk to you about the water here. And then about the woman. And then also about the well itself. And then about Jesus being at the well. Number two. Water here is a type of the spirit and the presence of God that our inward man thirsts and longs for. Now, that's why Jesus said, I have water that if you drink, have to get the water that I have for you, you'll never thirst again. I have something for you that will satisfy the soul. Folks, let me just say this, that nothing in this world will satisfy the soul like the presence and the spirit and the power of Almighty God in us. I'm telling you, nothing will satisfy us like that. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there is such a satisfaction with that presence and that spirit that is inside of us. It is a complete satisfaction. I know we go through trials and tests in this life, but as long as we've got the water, that living water inside of us, it will sustain us, it will keep us, And it will keep us satisfied on the inward man that God has given us something that is very good and very glorious. Praise the Lord. So water is a type of the spirit and the presence of God to the inward man that is within us. Number three, but to many people, the well is too deep to reach the water. I want to talk to you about this. This is the way many people feel. And I've got some uh, examples here I think that we can... We can identify very quickly here. The alcoholics, sometimes they feel like, oh, I'd like to be a Christian, but I can't be because I can't give up alcoholism. There's the drug addict. He feels like I, God can't save me from drugs. I'm a drug addict. I'm, I'm, I'm hooked on drugs. Uh, oh, I'd love to be a Christian. I'd like to feel the presence of God. I'd like to be a good person. I'd like to know that I'm going to heaven. But I can't give up drugs. The well's too deep. Yeah, if I could get the water, it'd be fine, but I can't get it because the well's too deep. Or there's the gamblers. They can feel the same way. You can gamble until you become a habitual gambler. And then the next thing you know, every time you turn around, you're wanting to gamble and test the gambling, whatever, devices, machines, cards, whatever it is that you are hooked on. And then, of course, porno addicts. And those things can all be addictions that you get hooked on. And you say, oh, I'd like to serve God and I'd like to be a Christian down in my heart, but I know it's no use for me. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Because there are people that literally feel that way. And I know there may be people under the sound of my voice right now. And you feel like in yourself, there's no hope for me. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Because Jesus came by. Hallelujah. Jesus came by the well, and Jesus is there, and when the Lord's there, he makes all the difference in the world. 
It may be an impossible thing in your own strength and with your own devices and your own methods and in your own way. But Jesus makes all the difference in the world. Praise the Lord. And that's what happened with this woman who came here at the well. Now, I'm going to go to number four here. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, first of all, how this, uh, how this Bible event applies to us today. I'm going to give you some examples here and so forth. A, the woman. Look at here. Look at the woman for a moment here. Now, we haven't talked about who she was, what she was, her background, and so forth. I'm going to give you some insight here about this woman at the well. The woman at the well, she was a type of a of the sinner. She's a type of the sinner. Now, let me have you look at some scriptures with me, and I'm going to show you this. Uh, we're in John chapter 4 there. Look at verse 6 with me. Just for a moment, I'm going back to verse 6 and 7. And uh, the Bible says here in 6, Now Jacob's well was there. This was in Samaria. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And I mentioned to you a while ago, that was about 11 and 12 o'clock in the day. And look what happens in verse 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Women didn't draw their water at 11 and 12 o'clock in the day. They drew it at 6 and 5 and 6 and even maybe 7 o'clock in the morning. And women would come from all parts of the city. They'd bring their, their vessels of water and they'd bring out to they'd get around the well and they'd draw water up and pour it in their vessels. And while they're there, they'd chat and they talked and they fellowship. And they knew each other, and it was a very popular time in the ancient world, very popular time around the well in the morning when women went there to draw the water, and they'd all chat with each other, and they'd find out what's going on in town. You know how women are, they'll talk, you know, they had, it was their, their time to converse. Do you hear about someone? Do you know about someone? Everything. This woman didn't show up at that time. I'm going to show you why she didn't show up. She didn't show up at that time. She came late. When there's nobody around, and she came around 11 to 12 o'clock to draw her water. Because there were some things in her life that she did not mix well with these other, these other Samaritan women. Now, I want to show you that. If you look also in the latter part of that verse, uh, we talked about the 6 and 7. There. Look over at verse 16 and, and 18. That same chapter, 4th chapter. And, and if you look in verse 16, this is concerning the woman now at the well. Jesus saith unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saith thou truly in other, in other words the Lord just put it right on her he says you, you don't have a husband and so right away we see this woman as a sinner let me just put it real plain and yet Jesus is at the well talking to her and ask her for a drink of water now I'm going to tell you this today folks the Lord reaches out to the sinner 
Amen. And we were all sinners at one time. If we're, we're not, if we're saved, we're saved and on our way to heaven. And the Bible says, you know, that we don't walk in sin, live in sin now. But we were all sinners at one time. But Jesus reaches for the sinner. And she was probably the one of the most talked about, looked down on women in the whole town. And Jesus goes there when he knows she's going to be there and talks to her. I'm trying to show you here, praise the Lord, that Jesus reaches out to anyone that will let them, let him reach them and bring them unto him. Praise the Lord. And Jesus began to talk to her and to begin to minister unto her. Praise the Lord. Now, the next factor here. The woman is the center. That's brought out very well. Very truly, I mean, I should say. The well. The well is a type of the church. The church, the, the water is like the spiritual spirit of God. And it's like the Holy Ghost. And it's in the church. The church is the people, the, the people, the, the, the God's people. It's in the church. Praise the Lord. But the sinner sometimes feels like I can't be part of that. That's not me. That's not where I am. I'm too bad. I'm too far out there. I'm too far away. And so she's like, they're like this woman here that says, I, I, I can't, you know, it's just, it's not going to work for me. But the well's a type of the church. Go to Matthew 18, 20 for a moment. Matthew 18, 20. Look at this. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, everybody say my name. There I am, there am I in the midst of them. Thank God for that. It doesn't have to be a great big congregation. We had this place packed out last week, a few nights, I think, especially Friday night, I think it was. The place was packed, I mean, packed full. We had great services on even Sunday, and, and, uh, Sunday morning and, and, and Sunday evening and everything like that. It was it's full of people, praise God. But if there isn't, if there's just a few of us, the Lord's still there. The presence of God is still present. Praise the Lord. And so this tells us that where two or three are gathered in his name, there I am. Jesus is there. This is the main factor involved. Now see here, I'm moving down here, making the types of all these. The water in the well is a type of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is in the church. Praise the Lord. But some people think, I can't have that. I can't reach that. I can't get that. It's just not for me. Uh, and I want you to know that anybody can have the Spirit of God. I don't care if you're an alcoholic. I don't care if you're a drug addict. There's people in this church that were drug addicts. That you're a members of this congregation and have been for many, many years. And you gave it all up a long time ago. Many of you that were, not many, but some of you were alcoholics. You were alcoholics. You drank all the time. And you came to the Lord. And maybe you felt like it, it, it's not for me. I don't believe I can do that. Yes, but Jesus can help you to find him and come to him and have his spirit inside of you. And that's the only way it can happen. Praise the Lord. And I'm trying to point out here that anybody can come to the Lord and anybody can be saved. Praise the Lord. That's why we as a church, folks, we've got to reach out to everybody. Don't try to decide, oh, they could never be saved, they can't be saved, or there's no hope for them. No, 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 no. You reach out to everybody, and Jesus Christ can.
can save anybody if they will open their heart, their life unto him and let him come into their life. He can change everything and turn them around and make them a child of God. Thank God for that. Praise the Lord. That's one of the blessed things because with Christ, the well is not too deep. With man, it may be too deep. But with Christ, it's not too deep. Hallelujah. He's able to give his presence, his spirit, his love, his goodness, his glory. I've known people over the years, folks, that's come out of stuff. I mean, you cannot imagine. We've got people in this church came out of all kinds of stuff. And you look at them today and you say, they're, they're a beautiful saint of God. And they are. And you say, they're a beautiful saint of God. But way back there, they were just an old sinner. But they, they said, you know what? The well's deep, but Jesus can help me. And I'm going to reach out to the Lord. And the Lord brought them unto him. Took away all the bad habits and all the bad past and everything. And cleaned them up and made them a child of God. And they walk with the Lord today in such a beautiful and wonderful and glorious manner. Praise the Lord. Thank God that he is that way and the Lord is still reaching for the unsaved. So don't ever say the well's too deep. Just remember this, Jesus Christ can do anything, do anything. Praise the Lord. Uh, let me go a little further here. I want you to look at uh, number one here. Jesus affected the whole city of Samaria. Look at this now. I'm, let me, he affected the woman. I think we got that part. Uh, let's see, we are reading. Let me go back to this, John, back to John 4 here a minute, excuse me. And uh, <coughs> look what happened here in this. Uh, Jesus told her to go call her husband. Look in the 28th and 29th verse. This is the ones I want to go to here. 28th and 29th. The woman then left her water pots. Jesus said, go tell your, go to your, go tell your husband. He said, she's not my husband. He said, that you said is true. Then he said, go tell her. The woman left her water pots and went her way into the city and saith to the men, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did did is not this the Christ then they went out of the city and came unto him now notice here that first of all Jesus affected the woman at the well she believed him she said this may be the Christ so she goes into the city and she tells them this is is this the Christ or not look at verse 39 and many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told them him. He told me all that ever I did. In other words, she came and told the people in the city, you got to come see this Jesus or this Christ Jesus, Jesus Messiah. You got to come see him. Is this not the Messiah? Because he told me everything I did. So they went out there. And many of the Samaritans of the city that believed on him for the sayings of the woman. Now she brought the message to them. Now look at verse 40. And when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. 
stayed there with them. And many more believed because of his own words, Jesus' words. Now we believe not because of thy sayings, that is the woman's saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And all of a sudden here now, you've got a whole city that's believing on the Lord because there was a woman who said, there is no hope for me. But Jesus Christ came into her life, told her all about herself. She believed that he was the Messiah. She went and told the Messiah. And of course, the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So there's no Holy Ghost given yet. So, but they began to believe. So here Jesus said, I have needs to go through Samaria. And through one of the worst women in the city, he brings the whole city unto himself. You understand what I'm trying to say here? Folks, God can use anybody and nobody should say, Oh, I'm too bad. I'm too much of a sinner. I'm too far gone. I got too bad of a past. Everything is downhill. It's no good. No, no, no. Not with Jesus in the picture. Not when Jesus is in the picture. And whenever when he came in the picture, they all came out and they all said, Wow, look at this. And they all begin to see the power and the presence of Almighty God. So number two here, Jesus affected the woman at the well. Jesus affected the whole city of Samaria. And so we give to the verse zero now in verse 42. Now, after the Holy Ghost was poured out in Acts chapter 2, go to chapter 8 of Acts. I want to show you something. Go to Acts chapter 8. Praise God. Now, the Holy Ghost was poured out. People were getting saved all over. But not the Samaritans yet. Nobody got the Holy Ghost in Samaria yet. They were getting it in Jerusalem. They were getting it all in the outskirts of Jerusalem, Judea, roundabout. Look at verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Now, in the Bible, everything from Jerusalem is always down. Even though they go north, we say anything going north, we say up. And going south, we say down on the map or something. But in Jerusalem... Everything away from the city is down. So he went down from Jerusalem down to Samaria. So you understand why that term is used. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake concerning and seeing the miracles which he did. Notice here God is working mightily in them. Look down to verse 14. For verse 14, I'm in Acts now, chapter 8. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, verse 15, who, when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he, the Holy Ghost, was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see that? So what uh, Philip did was to baptize the whole city of Samaria in Jesus' name and said, okay, now they need the Holy Ghost. And Peter and John came there and laid hands on them. Look at verse 17. Then laid they their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. 
And how did they know they had the Holy Ghost and how this guy that was hanging around there knew they had it because they heard him speak with tongues? doesn't say it there at that point, but that's how he must have known something was going on, different than just the miracles. Praise God. I'm just pointing out to you here that the city of Samaria <coughs> was first touched by Jesus saying, I have needs to go through Samaria. Praise the Lord. Folks, the Lord doesn't overlook anything. He doesn't miss anything. And when he passes by, when he comes along, it makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world when Jesus comes along. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to go a little bit further here. The well is deep, but Christ is there. I'm going to give you some examples here. Blind Bartimaeus. I want you to go to Mark 10 with me for a moment. Mark 10. Praise God. And they came to Jericho. This is Jesus and the disciples during Jesus' earthly ministry now. We're back in the gospel books and before uh, Samaria, even uh, well, it was after Jesus had been there the first time in Samaria, but this is afterwards. Verse 46, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Do you know why he was by the highway side begging? Because he was blind. No hope. And he wasn't maybe steeped in sin like some people might be, but with him there was no hope. But Jesus came his way. Jesus came by. Praise the Lord. Because with the Lord, where there's no hope, there is hope. Because the well is never too deep for the Lord. And this man came by, praise the Lord. This, uh, Jesus came by and this man was sitting by the wayside. No hope, blind, couldn't see. They just set him down there. And verse 47, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He began to call out to the Lord. He began to call on the Lord, reach out to the Lord. But Jesus was coming by. Praise the Lord. Uh, I remember years ago, my wife and I were building a home, a home, mission, home missionary church in Clearwater, Florida. And uh, we also attended the St. Petersburg Church sometimes. And uh, while we were there on that west coast of Florida over there, we were a young couple. That's where your pastor was born in Clearwater. Incidentally. So that's been many years, many moons ago before we ever came here, of course. And uh, we were just a young couple. And uh, I remember that we went to the St. Petersburg Church and there was a sister there that was an old Pentecostal saint. She had been there, I guess, way back. I mean, Azusa Street, way back there. I don't know how far back. But anyhow, she had a lot. Of, and she would get up and the pastor would say to her, Sister so-and-so, would you stand up and give your testimony? And when she stood up, and give her gave her testimony, she would sing a chorus. I'd never heard the chorus before. 
I don't think I've ever heard it before or ever since. But it was said, he passed me by. He passed, he passed my way. And she would say, he passed my way. He passed my way. That's what she would do. She'd stand up and sing, just sing that. Nobody playing the instruments or nothing. Yes, Jesus passed my way. He took me in. He made me free from sin. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus passed my way. And uh, then she'd sing the second verse, and it would go something like this. He'll pass your way. He'll pass your way. Yes, Jesus will pass your way. He'll take you in. He'll make you free from sin. And you'll be so glad that Jesus passed your way. And every time I read a passage of scripture like this, that Jesus passed his way, I always think of that course and I think about this man had no hope, no hope whatsoever. The well was absolutely too deep, blind, couldn't help himself. But Jesus passed his way. The woman at the well all messed up in sin, but Jesus passed her way. He came her way. Praise the Lord. There's a, I, I uh, saw something on TV not long ago, and these people were all sitting around talking in the TV, they had a show going, and one of them said this. He said, uh, oh, kumbaya, we'll all hold hands and sing kumbaya. And uh, he's making light of it, making fun of it. And later on, I saw another episode of the same show, and he went to say the same thing, and a woman said next to him, I know you're going to say, and we'll all sing kumbaya. It's amazing that these people on in high places and in Hollywood and everything, they know what they know Kumbaya. That's a course that came out of Africa, you know, Kumbaya. And it's a song that they sang in Africa. Uh, and it's come by here, my Lord, come by here is what it means. Come by here, Lord, come by here. And it was those those Africans would hold hands. And I've been to, I've been to, I've been over there, preached three conferences, and and uh, been in four different countries in Africa, and it's amazing, it's amazing those people, and they would stand together, they would hold hands, and they'd say, "Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya, oh Lord, Kumbaya," I means, "Come by here, my Lord, come by here, oh Lord, come by here," and what they're saying is, "Lord, we're all right here, but we want you to come by." Do you understand what I'm saying? We want you to come by. It's not going to get anywhere if you don't visit us. If you don't come by, it's not going to happen. And they were saying, Lord, come by here. Kumbaya, Lord. Is, that's, I, think it's, I think it's the, uh, I, I don't know which language it is. I think it's the, uh, the, the South African native language. That I think it is. But they were saying, Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. And here these people were making fun of that. They may not even know what it means. But they were making fun of it, like holding hands and saying kumbaya. Like, if you don't know what else to do, just and you just hold hands and just sing a little song and, and let it and just let it happen the way it happens. No, 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 no. They were asking the Lord, Lord, come by here. 
Come by here, my Lord, come by here. Because if Jesus would come by, it'll change things. You understand what I'm saying here, folks? Praise the Lord. Because the well is not too deep for the Lord. He'll change things. A blind man, they set him down by the wayside. And they said, that blind Bartimaeus, you sit here, and as people come by, you say, alms, alms, alms. And whoever is a little bit merciful to you, they'll give you a few coins. At the end of the day, you may have a few coins there and have enough to buy some food and get you through the day. And then tomorrow, we'll bring you back and sit you down here again. But that day, Jesus came by. Praise the Lord. Come by here, oh Lord, come by here. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to read this 46 verse again. They came to Jericho and they... And, and, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus. You know why his name is in here? Now, this is recorded, I think, in all, in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know why Bartimaeus' name is mentioned here in Mark? Because Bartimaeus went on to live for God and receive the Holy Ghost and be part of that early church. That's how they knew his name. That's how they knew his name. You wouldn't normally know a, a beggar sitting by the road what his name was. But this man went on to know the Lord. Look at what happened here. Blind, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Emmaus, is sat by the wayside begging. Verse 47, excuse me. <coughs> and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He began to crawl out to him. And many, look at this, charged him. That he should hold his peace. Shut up, Bartimaeus. Be quiet. Don't say anything. Shh. Be quiet. Who are you to say anything? You're disturbing the peace. Jesus is coming by. And he's crying out, Jesus, thou son of David. Shh. Be quiet, Bartimaeus. You understand what I'm saying? Because it was a hopeless situation for him. The well was too deep for Bartimaeus. There was no hope for him. But Jesus was passing by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God, folks, when he passes by. Thank God for our services when the Lord passes by. That's why we should always reach out to him. Let the Lord come in. Say, Jesus, you're always welcome. You don't, don't bring the world in here with you. Leave it all outside. Just say, we've come in here to let the Lord come by. You never know what he's going to do in our midst. Praise the Lord. And you never know what he's going to do for an individual. Sometimes it may be a healing. Sometimes it may be just uh, uh, just uh, some uh, what we think is a, 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 a light miracle of some type. Or it may be the conversion. It may be water baptism. It may be uh, somebody saying, I'm going to live for God now. Or the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Praise the Lord. Or some unusual thing that God does that the whole place will turn upside down with. I'm just saying, folks, that nothing is too hard for the Lord. And here's what happened. Verse 48, And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried, The more, a great deal. <laughs> I like that. You're not going to hush me up. I'm going to keep on calling on God. I'm going to keep on reaching out to him because I know he's my only hope and he's passing by. He's here now. Praise the Lord. He's my only hope. Praise the Lord. And he cried out the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus, be quiet. No way. And he cried out louder. I don't have eyes, but I've got a voice. 
and I can cry out unto Jesus, and it's my only hope. And I can hear the crowd. He's moving through. I can't see, but I know he's right there in front of me. And if I don't reach him now, I never will, because he's right here present now. And I think Jesus knew he was going to be there and came by and purposely, praise the Lord, was there to help this blind Bartimaeus. Look what he says. Verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man. They all got quiet now. They all turned and looked. Oh, okay, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, Jesus is calling for you. Yeah. No more, shh, be quiet. Who do you think you are? You hush it up. Hush up your mouth, boy. No, 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 none of that kind of stuff. And they said, all right, come to the blind man. Uh, be of good comfort. Rise, he calleth thee, and he casting away his garment. <laughs> I like that because, you know, when you get saved, you come to the Lord, you cast away a lot of things, don't you? Something you just throw away. You can lay them aside. You don't need them anymore. Amen. And he said something. Something's going to happen here. And he didn't take it, get up and get his carpet and wrap it around him so he wouldn't get cold or nothing like that. He cast that thing away. Well, Barnabas, you may need it after a while. You don't know what's going to happen to it. How are you going to find it? I don't think I'm going to need it. Hallelujah. Some things you can just cast away because Jesus is in control of everything. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. Jesus said, Go thy way. But he said, No, 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 I'm not going away. I'm going to stick close to you. Praise the Lord. And immediately received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. And I'm going to just walk along and say, Look what he's done for me. I'm going to be a testimony of what Jesus can do. Folks, I'm telling you here that there's nothing that God cannot take care of. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and the Lord, praise the Lord, passes our way and he is in charge of a deep well that's too deep for so many of us in many ways. But the Lord makes the difference. The Lord makes the difference. Let me give you another example here. The lame man of the temple. Look at Acts chapter 3. Lame man of Acts chapter 3. Look at this. Praise God. Let me find it. I'll get there. Wait a minute. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? All right. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer. Being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb. Now he was the same condition. He's lame now. He's not blind, but he's lame. Lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now I'm giving you another here, an impossible situation. The well is too deep. He's always going to be lame. Lame from his mother's womb. Been lame all of his life. Folks, look at, look at this. Look at this. Look at what happens. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an, ask an alms. Would you help me out and give me a little money? And 
Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And the man said, wow, boy, they say something powerful and looked on them. And all of a sudden they had a look like a flash of in their eyes and looked like something moving in their in their being, and something different about them. Then Peter said unto them, silver and gold have a none. Hey, folks, if you got Jesus, you got everything. You say, Brother Myers, I don't have very much. It doesn't matter if you got Jesus, you got more than people that's got a lot. Amen. I'm telling you the truth. That's right. I'm telling you the truth. Praise the Lord. The Lord won't let you go hungry. And if you got clothes on your back and car to drive and get a place to sleep, and lay your head. I've been some, th- I, listen, I've been through some real thin places in my life. The Lord's never failed me. He's never failed me. Many of you have. Many of you have. The Lord will not fail us. Peter says, silver and gold have I none. Okay, so you don't have no silver and gold. But such as I have. (laughs) Praise God for that. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, he had never walked from birth, folks. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping. I mean, this guy never walked, but he now he can walk. Not only did the Lord heal his legs, but he healed the whole faction of what it takes to walk. You know, you see a child when he's learning to walk, and he'll toddle around, and he'll have to learn how to walk before, after a while, he's, he's walking. And then after a while, he starts to walk a little faster. And then maybe he takes off and running a little bit. And he falls and he gets up and he gets, and he goes through a process of that. This man did it all in one, just a few minutes because the Lord was there. Jesus, praise the Lord, was there. when And, and the man, praise the Lord, passed. In this case, Jesus passed by and the man was sitting by the, there walking. And then, <coughs> let me move on a little further. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And that in itself was is a miracle all by itself. What a powerful thing our God is, folks. And the well is never too deep for Jesus. The Lord can do anything. This is this is not only a healing, but it's an amazing healing. You say, well, he, 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 he can walk now, but it's going to take a while. He's got to learn how to walk. He's got to learn his legs. legs got to get strong. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, the Lord gave him all of that in one, 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 one movement of his spirit. And I'm just telling you that God's power is might. And this is in the New Testament. This is our time as well. Praise the Lord. I'm going to move on very quickly here. There's one other I want to point out to you here. And that's Paul and Silas in the prison. Now, I have a reason for giving you this one, and I know my time is just about up, and I'm going to sort of wind this down. Now, look in Acts chapter 16 with me for a moment. At the midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God, and the prisoners heard him. Now, Paul and Silas have been preaching, and they brought false accusations against them. They took Paul and Silas and stripped them of their shirts verse 23 and when they had laid many stripes upon them they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them sailing safely 
who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, made their feet fast in the stocks. That's those things that you put your feet in, they lock them in. And at midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and say, Now, isn't that amazing that these men, at the midnight hour, with stripes on their back, beaten, just beaten until they were bloody, <coughs> their feet was in stocks, and the inner prison began to sing and worship and praise the Lord. And as they did so, there was an earthquake. And when the earthquake happened, the chains broke off of their wrists. The stocks on their feet fell off. The prison doors all popped open. All the prison doors popped open. And the jailer came out, seeing everything, and thinking they had escaped and he had been charged to take care of them. And he knew that when he was charged, if anything happened and they got out, he was going to be responsible and it would cost him his life. He knew that. He took the sword and was going to kill, his own, kill himself. He says, no hope for me because they've all gotten out and they've all escaped. And Paul cried out, do thyself no harm, we are all here. Paul knew that. That's why he didn't go anywhere. That's why he kept everybody else there. Stay here. God's done this and there's a reason for it. You know why? Here's what happened. Look at verse 31. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. That's all that your house, all your, your family. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Verse 33, and he took them the same hour of the, of the night and washed their stripes. This is what the jailer did and was baptized. He and all his straightway. Now, what are you what are you bringing out here, Brother Myers? I'm trying to bring out to you here in this particular part of the scriptures. This man had no hope being a jailer down inside. He went out on the streets. He couldn't hear the gospel preached. He didn't have he couldn't go to church someplace. I mean, but he had a heart that the Lord saw, and we would almost have to say for this jailer in the position and the, the situation he was in, having to be in a, down in the lower part of the of the whole city in, where the jail was and looking after jailers, there was no hope for him. The well was too deep. You understand what I'm saying? But the Lord sent Paul and Silas there. Praise God. And I'm just pointing point out to you here that the well is never too deep for Jesus. Jesus knows how to reach the sinner. My, this is really smarting. Sorry. Jesus knows how to reach the sinner. Praise God. He knows how to reach out for those. I don't care whether they're addicts. I don't care whether they're people that can, like, hopeless situations. No hope for me. But with God, all things, praise the Lord, all things are possible. I could go on and on with illustrations about what the Lord has done and how God can do it. But the Lord is able to, to do it. And if you look here in the very part, drinking water, it doesn't matter what kind of dipper you use. A silver cup or a wooden gourd, the water is always good. How many has ever drink water out of a wooden gourd? Anybody? Raise your hand if you have. If you have. I don't, I don't see anything. There's one. You got to be. Uh, you got to be over six. Okay. You got to be over. No, I see some people pretty young. But wooden gourd is uh, is is just a wooden thing that they make a dipper out of, and it's plain and simple. But the water in it, water when it's well water, it is good water. It is good. Praise God. I can remember drinking well water. 
I preach revivals and that well water and drink well water after I get all through. And there's a guy that had a big well at the end of his porch. And he said, Brother Myers, you always come by here when you're through preaching that, preaching every night. And I got water ready for you. And I'd come by there and he'd take the lid off of that well, let that old bucket down by a rope, pull it up. Folks, that was the coldest, clearest, best water in that well. Oh, that was good water. Oh, that tasted so good. Especially when you've been preaching and you're hot and you're thirsty after praying people and with them at the altar and all those kind of things. But I'm just saying there's nothing like that water. Praise the Lord. And it doesn't matter how you're baptized. You can get baptized in fresh water, get baptized in the ocean. <clears throat> I, one time, one woman wanted me to baptize her. I said, well, it's over on the west coast of Florida. I said, we'll go down to the, uh, down to the river over there, baptize you in a, in a bay. There's a bay over there. And she said, okay. We went over there, folks, and I kid you not, listen to me carefully. I walked up to the shore, pushed the weeds back. My wife and I and her walked up to the edge. And we pushed the weeds back, and like, like right at the edge of the platform is, the, is where the water starts. And from there, I would say at least halfway to those first row of seats was dead fish floating on the water. They'd all been killed by some seaweed that had come in out of the ocean. It had killed fish in that bay. And all along the coast of that bay was this water. I said, Sister, I can't baptize you in that. She said, Brother Myers, I came to be baptized in Jesus' name. I want to be baptized in Jesus' name. I said, all right. <laughs> Pushed the dead fish out of the way, waded out there, praise the Lord. Got out of that waist deep. She waded out with me. I baptized her in that water, stinking like everything. We did. But she wanted to be baptized. She got baptized. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I baptized a guy one time up in northwest Florida in a creek late at night. My first revival I ever preached. I was 20 years old. Just turned 20. Just turned 20. Turned, turned 20 during the revival. And the man, he said, I want to be baptized. I said, all right. We go down to the creek, and they all shine lights like that. And the creek was, and that's the water's boiling out, you know. And so I took him down there, and the water's boiling out. So I baptized him in the water, cold water, too. I mean, it's like 72 degrees year-round, that kind of. Summertime, it was July. Went down the water. I picked him up like this. And the water was flowing this way. And he had asked me, he said, how do I act? I said, you act like a dead man. I thought of scripture, you know, we're buried with him at baptism. And he got stiff as a poker, just stiff as a poker. So I baptized him like that. When I brought him up, he didn't stand up. He just stayed stiff. Just stayed stiff. And, and, and as I tried to bring him on up, it was going downstream. And the headlights of the cars, out of their headlights, went out in, into the bushes and the brushes and on down Way on down, there's some snakes, water, water moccasins, and things on down there. But right here, there was none. That's too cold. There's not even any fish there. And I, I stood there looking. He was gone. Just bobbing, going down the creek like that. And everybody's standing there looking like that. I'm standing there in the water looking. And all of a sudden, I heard all this thrashing around down there, and he was coming out. He came out and got up on the bank and came back. And I went up on the bank. And he got up to me and he says, how come you let me go down there to get into that water where there's might have been snakes and there's a, there's a beaver dam down there and all that? And he, I said, hey, didn't I tell you that when you got baptized, you act like a dead man? Dead men don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Okay, I understand. I said, <laughs> that was my first baptism. 
<coughs> but I'm just trying to tell you folks, it doesn't matter how we get baptized. He got baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He got baptized. That baptized a woman out here in the ocean one time on, a, on the on Easter morning, you know, one of those watch, watch those uh, sunrise services, and saints were all up on the shore, and big waves coming in, and uh, I put my back to the waves so I could protect her, and water would go way down, and then come way up, so I had to let it get up high enough that I could put her under. This is a Jamaican lady, and everything just come in the church. <laughs> I baptized her, put her down like that. That big wave hit me from the back and knocked me across her like that, like this. And we went under the water. She went out under the water, and the and the water went in like that. And we were underwater, and everybody on the shore was looking for us. And, and we were, and I was trying to get back on my feet, but I couldn't because she was under me. She was trying to get up, she couldn't because I was on lid across her. And there we were thrashing, thrashing, and working. I said, I got to get up from here. I I can't breathe. She can't breathe. We're gonna be in trouble, you know. Everything. And everybody on the shore wondering, what happened to him? I don't see him now. The, the water, the wave came in, the water came in. Finally, we, we, we broke out of that and stood up, you know, and everything. Everybody clapped their hands. They're glad that we saw it. But she got baptized. Kept on walking with the God. Kept on serving the Lord. Aren't you glad that we know the Lord? Aren't you glad that Jesus came our way one day? Praise the Lord. And the well is not too deep for him. Let's stand together and give the Lord praise and glory and let's just worship him and thank him here tonight. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your grace, your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, that you come our way. Thank you that you came our way, Lord. And Lord, that you brought us out of the miry clay. You gave us this wonderful, wonderful salvation and the hope we have of eternal life. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in his name.